0: Hey friends welcome to the live your freaking life podcast i'm your
1: host christine and i'm your other host selena we are two bffs and life coaches who talk about the science of happiness and well-being to help you live your freaking life and today we are continuing our woohoo or woo woo series Mm -hmm. which i'm very excited about we're going to be talking about meditation today yeah so we have a lot to say on this topic we're actually a little worried we can keep it in like an hour time. I know. Get ready, people. This could be a two-hour episode. But before we dive into that, Christine, we're doing highs and lows. We are, and we like to start with
0: the lows so we can end on a high. So yeah. So tell us. I'll be quick with the low. Okay?
1: Yeah, let's do that.
0: You know, this is normal for me. Um, so I had a doctor, a doctor appointment yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, my functional medicine appointment, and you know, it just wasn't great and not. A lot of direction it was like hey well let's try this and it's another seven hundred dollars a month of course right so <sighs> yeah so that was a little little discouraging but uh hi at the time we're recording this the weather is oh my gosh spring dude
1: did you see it's gonna be
0: 67 degrees today it was 67 Insane. yesterday it was, it was it was beautiful and so um, he walked three miles yesterday and it felt amazing to be outside in this. Oh, mm. Hey, did you see, I posted something last week about, um, new, like medical research that has just come out that shows that, um, when we contract our muscles, it releases like really good, like happy chemicals okay. in our bodies and actually increases our hope
1: increases our hope that's yeah. interesting yeah
0: it was pretty i mean i'm summarizing it super quick but it's really made me think like and it's like it's research you know what i mean like oh it's the proven, benefits
1: of of walking yeah which involves all of that contracting of muscles is like off the charts yeah it's They're all over the place it's
0: super helpful for anxiety and depression oh, yeah. and just like you're stressed out i did that yesterday right after my appointment i was i had to do a coaching cohort i was teaching the whole thing for an hour and a half i had to talk and so in between my doctor's appointment which was not great and teaching I just went for like a 15 minute walk and I walked fast and I could feel it like it it make, creates a shift yeah in your thinking so yeah how about you yeah um trying to think of a low because it hasn't been that long since
1: we last sat down and right. recorded because again we're recording a bunch ahead of time yeah because next week and actually well long after this episode comes out I will be having surgery and so we're trying to get a backlog and i'm in florida oh that's right yeah i need to put that on my calendar i need you on life 360 (laughs) that's what i need okay fine i need to put you on life 360 so that i know where you are and then i can look and go is she on her way here yet (laughs) or not when she says on my way because i'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. when you say it you're not actually on your way yet Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna take that as a yeah, you're right, Selena. Sometimes,
0: I'm not. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm on my way to my car.
1: Yeah. Okay. Soon. Anyway,
0: <laughs> soon, <laughs> exactly. You're fixing to get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it.
1: Yeah. Um, but no, so I guess the only low I could say that I've had in the last couple of days is just the moments when I start to think about the surgery mm-hmm. and I get nervous. Mm-hmm. Like I get nervous, my stomach gets a little like sure. fluttery, and I just I hate that feeling. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just to the point where I just want to get it over with. Yeah, just want to get it over. I don't with. blame you. Yeah, very. But highs. I actually had a couple of highs. Okay. Okay. So first, actually, both of them were yesterday. Now that I think about it. So first, my my amazing web designer, Carla. Carla from the inspired foundry. If you want to follow her on Instagram, she's a great follow. Um, it's the inspired Foundry, but she's done all my branding and my website and all that. And we just did some major, major revamps to my website. Oh. And so yesterday we were finally able to have a meeting and sit down and look at everything and see what all she's done and tweak a couple things here and there. And I am so pleased. I can't even stand it. Oh, like I, is. I really, really love. The way the new website looks. So yes. i when it's when we've finished all of it, I will put it out there on social media so you all can cool. check it out. But oh I can't yeah, wait to see I'm it. I'm super excited. So that was good. And then right after that, I had another yoga session, mm. which was amazing again. Wow. I mean, not not like, yeah, that was good. Like amazing. Aww. I can't even believe it. And awesome. it was an hour and a half long. Wow. It flew. It felt like I, seriously, when she said it's time to wrap up, I thought, oh, she must be wrapping up early. Cause I feel like it's been maybe 45 minutes. No, it had been an hour and a half. What? I'm not kidding you. It is wow. this incredible combination of movement and mindfulness meditation. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is amazing. I leave there feeling like a million bucks. Wow. I really do. Mm. yeah, so I could not be more pleased. I'm so happy. So you. those
0: were my those were my big highs very cool
1: for this week so far.
0: Nice. I love that you said mindfulness meditation.
1: yeah, we're gonna talk about
0: that. We are. We're gonna talk about that. and I think yeah, one of the things that I'm excited to talk about is what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Is there a difference? Mm-hmm. And because a lot of times they're used interchangeably, which is incorrect. Not, uh, okay. so, um yeah so we're gonna dive in we're gonna and, dive yeah, in it's gonna yeah be, gonna be good i, I want to start by well well let me tell you let me start with this yeah and then you can tell me something okay My, i can tell you first, something yeah Call you can tell you something okay you can try
1: <laughs> whatever Shut calm out. down ma'am um my first experience with meditation was when i was in school for positive psychology and it was one of our units Mm -hmm. and i remember learning about it and going okay but then i started learning like the nitty-gritty and how actually beneficial it is for you Mm -hmm. and all these things that we will get into in a few minutes but it was just so shocking to me because it was another one of those things that I was taught to be wary of. Yes. Yeah. You don't want to dabble in that. That's, you know, uh, it's a slippery slope. You better be careful, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then I learned my worldview was blown out of the water. When I learned that, wait a second, Mm -hmm. there is so much research Mm -hmm. and medical physical benefits Mm -hmm. behind meditation that, how on earth and why would we be afraid of it? Right. It was shocking to me.
0: And meditation is actually talked about in the Bible. It is. And our early, the early desert fathers and mothers, like this was a huge practice of theirs. And so like, so it it just, I don't know. There's a lot of contradiction in that teaching of like, Ooh, like, right. um, And so, yeah. Okay. So I want to dive in. Can I tell you about my first experience with meditation? I'm glad you started with that cuz I was like I I often forget about this but when I was a teenager I was a rebellious very broken messed up teenager. And um I was at one point I was like failing school like I was just like a, I was a hot mess and I was suicidal. Mm. And so my, I just remember my dad one day. Now I live in Philadelphia at this point. So I grew up in Florida. Now I'm living in Philadelphia in my teen years, going to high school, West Philadelphia, born and raised. So out, no, oh, no, don't do sorry, it. Sorry. sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did. Uh, yeah. So I was really struggling. And I remember my dad reaching out to me and like, he was trying to do everything he possibly could. My mom too, like to just get me help and, and figure out how to get me out of this place I was in really dark place. And so my dad was like, I'm going to take you to Reading, Pennsylvania. And the meditation Mecca of the world. Wait you hear this. <laughs> this was crazy. I'm going to, I'm 15 years old. And he says, I'm going to take you. Cause I'm going to, you're going to learn how to meditate. And I was like, what? Like, I just thought this is the craziest thing mm-hmm. in the world. Well, I don't remember a whole lot, but I remember it being, I feel like it was in the historic district of Reading in this big, beautiful home. And the w- the woman uh, was an Indian woman and she was a transcendental meditation teacher. Teacher, yeah. Sure. And I remember going up into this house, going lots of steps and getting up and going into this room that was literally padded. And when I asked like, why is this room? And there were just mats all over the floor, nothing in the room, just these mats all over the floor and pillows. And I remember saying like, why the padding and she started talking to me about levitation
1: shut your face
0: Uh uh-huh and that you know when you meditate this this form of meditation (laughs) get out of here like you can literally like you'll lift off the ground oh my word and so and i I was okay and did you (laughs) i did not (laughs) i was so freaked out yeah again like just complete unknown but and he told me a couple of times and i remember I remember the benefit of like because it was like, you know, breathing, slowing down, being still, like all of that, which I was a crazy person. And so like it, that was not part of my life at all. Slow was not, right? Yeah. Like I was just on the go all of the time and having to do, 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 perform, perform, perform. And so um, yeah, so that is my actual. First oh my experience. word. So your first experience was woo woo on steroids. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Like it scared the crap out of me. Yeah. And I, like my, my dad and I, like we hadn't, we didn't talk about it very often. I think I just kind of like forgot about it. And then everyone <laughs> blocked up. it out. And so weird that like now I'm living in the Reading area, right? Like yeah. it's so, so yeah, weird. But anyways, yeah. So that, yeah. So definitely woo woo. And like, I don't understand what's going on here. Mm, uh, get me out! Yeah, right? like just yeah. get me out of here.
1: That's yeah. so funny. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's it's funny that our first experiences with meditation were polar opposites. Polar opposites. Because mine was very much on the clinical end of things. Yeah, and yours was very. Mine was on the woohoo end of things. Yeah, and yours was on the woo woo. And yes,
0: yeah. And so acknowledging that, I think, sorry, is really good. Yeah, right. Totally. Like it's there's there's. Listen. Here's what There's here's what I think. <laughs> we can
1: we could take anything, yes, and make it woo woo if we want to. Yeah, but we can't take anything and make it woo hoo if it's not. If it's not. So there. Yeah, we can we can screw up anything. Yeah, <laughs> we really sure. can. For sure, we really can. Well, let's also let's start by defining meditation and then talking about mindfulness and the difference between the two. Yeah, that'd be great. The simplest definition of meditation is training of the mind. Mm -hmm. You are training your mind and meditation was while it was initially inspired by Buddhist practices today, it's often practiced in a completely secular way, emphasizing stress reduction and focus and development of peacefulness and things like that. Now, mindfulness. Is not a religious practice and neither is meditation. Mindfulness is a quality of being. It's an awareness of what's going on in the present moment without judgment. So meditation then is the training of the mind or the training of attention, some people say, that cultivates mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Now, you can practice mindfulness in any situation. When you put the parameters of meditation around it you are then practicing a mindfulness meditation and we will get into the different kinds of meditation yeah, okay. in a bit so that's the difference meditation is an act with like a beginning and an end
0: i was going to say it's time Mindfulness it's a period of time
1: yes mindfulness is a quality of being so some of the elements that go into meditation are focused attention relaxed breathing quiet setting comfortable position um, and an open attitude, meaning you, you let thoughts pass by without judging them.
0: Yeah, kind of so, like clouds in the sky. Exactly. I mean, like on a windy day when the clouds, blue sky and the white puffy clouds are just going by. It's like you're not judging your thoughts. You're not saying, oh, that's bad. That's good. That's, you're just, oh, there you are thinking. Yep. Watching thinking. it go by. Of course, that's what your brain does. Yeah. I forget the name of the guy, but there was,
1: I don't know what he did. I don't know if he was a doctor, an author. I feel like he had something to do with music, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember. <laughs> but he kind of coined the phrase when it comes to looking at our thoughts. He coined the phrase, how fascinating. Hmm. That when you have a thought that pops into your mind, whether you're meditating or not, there's no need to judge the thought. There's right. no need to entertain it necessarily. We mm-hmm. don't need to entertain every thought that enters our mind. Right. But to just look at it and go, how fascinating. Hmm. and let it pass. I love that. Right. I love that.
0: I think we all, many of us, we see people like, if you ever see like monks, for example, sitting yeah. in the room, you know, in the, uh, crossed, crossed leg position and totally still. And all that, there's a big assumption that like, oh, they've mastered their monkey <laughs> mind. Right. Monkey <laughs> mind is like, that's a description of like the wild part of your brain that just goes off, yeah, yeah. Because our minds are God created our minds to think, and so that's what they do. So yeah, it's a constant thinking. So it's the monkey mind; it's all over the place. But so, but I think we tend to look at that picture and assume that all of those people, the monkey mind, is completely tame, Sure, they're whatever. And the reality is, and I I read this from actually she is a um, a Buddhist tibetan buddhist monk i think she would sure, i don't she wrote remember the book how to I read meditate, and she she said like that is not true like every one of them will tell you that you know for one it's like they're they're in deep like all of a sudden deep emotion like they're feeling grief or something mm-hmm. like that for others it's their back hurts for others mm-hmm. it's like they're going what in the world like how all of a sudden did my thoughts go to like i'm sitting on a beach and Whatever, right? Like, like in the right. Caribbean, or but I, and so I love that it's not this unattainable thing. oh gosh, no, it's a practice, yes, that calms It's calming and training the mind, which is what I said. My word for this year is shamatha. Mm-hmm. And it's based on that like calm abiding and being able to just um it's the practice of stabilizing the mind. Training the mind to be present, settling the mind in the here and now, awakening to the world just as it is. Mm-hmm. And it's that that last line. Right? Yes, exactly. Just, just as, as it, it is. is. It's I'm not judging it. I'm not saying, right? Like, and the other thing is there's no bad meditation practice. No. Right? Like a big huge part of it is. I'm going to say it. Are you ready? I haven't said this in a really long time. Oh, you're going to say it. You know what I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A big part of meditation is being your own best friends. Yes. Being kind to yourself. Well, and
1: that's, yeah, that's, that was my overwhelming thought as I was doing a little more research and preparing for this episode. You know, my overwhelming thought was this is like the ultimate practice in self compassion. It's so is self care, self compassion. It's the ultimate in self compassion Mm -hmm. because you are learning during meditation not to judge your thoughts your Mm -hmm. feelings your um, experience of the moment how you're meditating yeah it's it has to be without judgment Mm -hmm. and even that takes practice
0: well i was going to say we are so trained and depending on our personality right some more than others but constantly berating ourselves constantly criticizing ourselves and so what i love about this practice is what you're practicing is kindness to yourself yes and patience with yourself and grace and all of those things and in practicing those things then when you get up and away from that practice now you extend those things yes so it becomes this really incredible it's 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 like this perfect circle right of just like i'm taking care of myself i'm kind to myself i'm i'm loving to myself. I'm doing all these things. I'm compa- I'm showing myself compassion. And now the more I do that, the better I show up in this world. And I think for me, that has been, that's where I've seen the biggest benefit from practicing meditation. Mm. Is I'm, I'm a nicer person. Yes. I'm a kinder person, more compassionate person. And so, um, yeah, I definitely yeah. have a better day Yeah. When I
1: take the time to meditate, even if it's just 10 minutes. Right. And usually Mm -hmm. that's about all I do Mm -hmm. in a day is 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I can't, I would love to say I do it every day. I don't, I, I would like to, I almost said I should, I would like to, Mm -hmm. um, just because I I know the benefits of it. And I think we should talk about that for a minute because there are so many benefits. Now, let me tell, tell you, Before I get into like the litany of things Mm -hmm. that benefit from meditation, I'm going to tell you the one that sold me. Okay. Okay. This was what totally like rocked my world in class when I learned this. So a 2005 study on American men and women who meditated 40 minutes a day. So they meditated 40 minutes a day. Now that's a pretty decent amount of time. It showed that they had Thicker cortical walls than non meditators. Cortical wall is gray matter, brain. Okay. Brain matter in like the prefrontal cortex, right? Yeah. So their brains were aging at a slower rate. Cortical thickness is also associated with decision making, attention, memory. So they were actually growing brain matter. Wow. By meditating, by meditating, which, I mean, gosh, you feel like it should take more work than that. And hear me, meditation is work.
0: It is, definitely. It is.
1: Yeah. But I could not believe that because one of the biggest threats to aging is that our brain begins to shrink. Yep. And so this is literally reversing aging process just Mm. by meditating, Mm. just by meditating that was wild to me and it really just like made some things make sense Mm -hmm. like you know how you see like at least we do on these documentaries god bless zach efron and his deck let me tell you something i love
0: his netflix series down to earth i was talking to debbie about that yesterday she didn't know about it it's like not only is he a joy to behold Mm -hmm. but his series is lovely Is lovely well why did you say that which one are you thinking about um what was I thinking about
1: he traveled to one of the places I don't know if it was
0: the first season. I he haven't finished the second season.
1: season yeah it must have been because the second season's all in Australia, because he yes. did it during lockdown. Yes, yes. Anyway, beside that, um, but it, it it brought together and made things make sense when you think of like these Tibetan monks that live well into their hundreds mm-hmm. yeah. I was just going to, let me tell because you, because they meditate regularly and they are growing brain tissue instead of letting it atrophy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and listen to this, because this is linked to that. So there's a form of meditation called loving kindness meditation. Oh, that I, I, can't wait. I want to that. talk about that later. Yes, I yep. to talk about that, but we'll get into that later. But, um, just when you talk about research studies on how loving kindness affect the brain, loving kindness, meditation affect the brain showed that Tibetan monks, who had over 10,000 hours of loving-kindness meditation practice, had strangely secure neural circuits for self-understanding and empathy. Say that again. They had strangely secure neural circuits for self-understanding and empathy. Mm. They displayed a higher degree of self-contentment and inner joy than non-meditators or non-practitioners of loving-kindness meditation. Yep. And then listen to this. Pilot studies on patients with chronic back pain and migraine headaches showed that when they practiced loving-kindness meditation for brief periods of two to five minutes per day, they showed a remarkable reduction in the pain symptoms Mm -hmm. and could accomplish their daily tasks with more ease and comfort.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: I've one hundred percent mental benefits,
1: physical benefits, unbelievable. It is
0: unbelievable,
1: and I'm so glad you said neural. Circuitry, or something like that. Mm -hmm. You said those words because I want to talk about that. Because a lot of times when we sit down to meditate, we have this conception that the goal is to clear our minds. Mm -hmm. And that is not the goal of meditation. The goal is to get quiet, allow the thoughts to come, and allow them to pass. And every time while you're meditating that your mind wanders, you catch yourself at some point, whether it's 30 seconds in or five minutes into one. Yeah. And you go, okay, my thoughts are wandering again, mm-hmm. how fascinating. And then you bring it back to whatever it is you're focusing on in that meditation. And we'll talk about that too. Yeah. Um, every time you do that, you are creating a new neural pathway. Mm. So all those little wrinkles in our brains and things like that, mm-hmm. these are neural pathways. And so, they're kind of like digging a rut in a road so the more you go over that one thing the deeper the rut gets right and what happens is we have all these neural pathways connecting things that are not healthy for us Mm. they're not right right and we do them without thinking it's that autopilot thing it's how you can drive home from work pull into your garage and have no idea how you got there because you went on autopilot, because that neural pathway is dug so deeply that you don't even have to think about it. And here's what was so fascinating. So I read this, it's estimated that 95% of our behavior runs on autopilot. 95% of our behavior.
0: believe that.
1: Yeah. And it's because these neural networks are underlying all of our habits And, and they're doing it because they, they want to reduce, like we have millions of sensory inputs throughout the day, right? Mm-hmm. And we can't manage that. And so they reduce those millions of sensory inputs per second into these manageable shortcuts hmm. so that we can function in a world that bombards us wow. with input. Yeah. And so, and and that's a fantastic thing. Mm-hmm. That's a fantastic thing. And we see it happen all the time. And we're going to talk about this um, in another one of our, in manifesting and Uh, vision boards next week. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in depth, but here's the problem with that. It's a wonderful thing that our brains do for us. But the problem is that when we try to introduce a new behavior, it is so difficult because those neural pathways are dug so deeply. Yep. And so meditation is the practice of creating new neural pathways, because Mm -hmm. every time you have a thought, chances are you've had that thought before, Mm -hmm. right? Every time you stop it, you notice it, and you let it pass and redirect to whatever your focus is for that meditation, Mm -hmm. you are carving new pathways, Mm -hmm. new pathways, but it takes intentionality. That's why it's a practice. It's not something you can master. It's not something um, like, okay, I did it the right way today. Because yeah. there is no right way.
0: It's a retraining of your mind. Does that make sense? It does so much. And when you were talking about those new, you know, creating those new pathways, I think one of the benefits, the other benefits in line with that is the word equanimity. Say more. So. When I, I think I'm, most of us, our brains, we've been talking about this, right? That dualist, you're like right, wrong, black, white, right? Mm -hmm. And so we judge, going back to what we were saying earlier, we judge our, we even judge our thoughts. And when we're trying to meditate, we're judging like, oh, there, I did it again, right? It's that like, oh, I I want my brain wandered off instead of like you just said. How How fascinating. I'm thinking, right? Like there's a thought. Um, but equanimity is this idea, it means that we're able to be with ourselves and our world without getting caught in for and against, black, white, right, mm, wrong, Okay. without judging things, without getting caught up in opinions and beliefs and, and solidly held views of ourselves and of others, right? It's just, it's this way of being. And the other thing that I love about that is... Um, well, what I love about meditation is it's, it's calming and settling the monkey mind. Like you said, training our monkey mind, just as we are without labeling our experiences as bad or good. And when we do that, and we're able to sit in meditation that way, we're able to show up in the world again, right? Oh, yeah. Show up in the world that way where, and I think it lessens our suffering, right? Because we recognize that life is full of ups and downs, highs and lows and right. But in those moments when you're practicing mindfulness and meditation, it then extends into the world of like when something doesn't go our way, we don't have to resist it and go, Oh no, that's not going our way. Instead, all of a sudden I'm finding this. I'll speak for myself. I'm finding this now. I'm going, when something doesn't go my way, I go, hmm, Okay. Yeah. I'm just gonna go with it. Yeah. Versus resisting it because I find that a lot of my stress comes from being surprised by what, bad news or being surprised by right like
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and resisting it as opposed to it's that word equanimity of just like okay this isn't bad yeah. or good like this exactly. is, it is it just is it just is it just is and yeah. and it's part of even the pain right is, is like this acknowledgement of yes i'm going to have pain in this life jesus said that you know in this life you will have trouble but take heart i've overcome the world and so it's like this okay i, I will have pain but even in that pain like good comes from it and i can learn from it and be strengthened from it and all of those things so it's not bad it just is yeah does that make sense it does it does i'm i'm only like resisting a little bit the
1: idea that we have to make our pain good because we don't have to make it good because that's also dualistic good bad
0: Well, yeah, and good's not the word. Sorry, that. But just acknowledging that pain is—it is. How about just pain is? Is pain is? Yeah. And so, but I think I've always—I think most of my life, pain was bad, especially being a seven. Sure, pain's bad. I have to avoid it. I have to get away from it. I have to escape it. And now I don't. It's not bad or good. It just is.
1: Yeah, I read something recently um, that was talking about pain and suffering and how we often lump them together but they are not nope and how suffering is pain minus meaning mm. which i thought was really interesting mm. so we will have pain but we choose suffering yes which sucks <laughs> yes <laughs> because it doesn't feel like a choice often no um but anyway that's like that's, that's a, a whole, whole other podcast yes. we could do a whole podcast on pain and suffering mm. my goodness mm. i feel like we've like touched on it before good idea yeah we've touched on it before but but yeah it makes total sense because you've spent time training your brain to see the things that come mm-hmm. and to let them pass and not judge them and so of course that you are digging new neural pathways and so of course when something outside of meditation comes at you that you weren't expecting, or you wouldn't classify as something pleasant or good or something like that, you are then able to say, oh, how fascinating. Yes. And move on because you've trained your brain to be able to do that. And it's, it's just amazing. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely amazing. And it keeps our brains plastic. Mm -hmm. It strengthens our neuroplasticity, which is our ability to learn new things. And you know what I was thinking about? What? That whole idea of the deeper neural pathways and a shrinking brain as we age and how this new gray gray brain matter you know is i associate it with soft and i associate the the lack of it with a hardening Hmm. and it just makes me wonder you know sometimes when people have like a really deeply held belief on something yeah right when even, and statistically, this has been shown over and over and over, even when introduced to new factual information, yeah. they double down. Yeah. They double down on whatever their originally held belief was, no matter what you come at them mm-hmm. with, no matter how many facts, studies, any of mm-hmm. that, they double down. It just made me think about like, what is happening in the brain yes. that does that? It is making that trench deeper and deeper and deeper, and it won't even entertain the new facts or ideas that could carve new neural oh. pathways. And so, it just makes me wonder: like, does does holding on to something so tightly mm-hmm. that you won't even hear another thing actually age you
0: faster? Oh my goodness, that makes so much sense, right? Cause age, like old is not an, it's, it's not a number. It's a mindset. It is. Right. And so, wow. Right. Mm. Like, I I don't know. Like, is that the fountain of youth right there? Curiosity. Well, I was going to say, this goes back to what we talked about living a passionately curious life. Yeah. Right. Like if you're going to be passionate about something, don't be passionate about being right and digging your heels in be passionate about being curious about like, yeah. Okay. What else do I have to learn? Because I, and you said it. I think a couple of weeks ago, right? Like when we stop learning, we basically die.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Right. Absolutely. Like, that's when you get really old, and yeah. And I think that 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 also describes the state of our society, of oh, our culture in, the US in this right country. Now. Absolutely. Yeah. Of just this like hardened. I'm right. You're wrong. Digging my heels in. I I just. Ooh, I don't want to get on a soapbox here. But the other day I just saw some stuff and I was like, here it is again. No, I'm going to go there. It was like Christians coming out against the, he gets us campaign. Hmm. The, he gets us commercials. Yeah. And just like rich Birch posted something about like, I don't get it. What's the matter with our people We're broken. Like what, why are we doing this? And, and the first thing I thought of was a Karen Troutman years ago when she was describing a culture she said it's like um circling the wagons and uh facing in facing them inward and firing inward basically right yeah. like um and as an old saying about like circling the wagons was like back in the pioneer right like they would circle the wagons to protect sure. themselves protecting yeah. people for strength but now imagine all of them turning their wagons inward mm-hmm. and shooting one another. And oh, I feel yeah. like that's what's happening right now. Like, you've got this campaign, and it's like there's an opportunity for people to see a different side of Jesus, a loving, kind, compassionate side of Jesus. And then you got Christians attacking the campaign. The campaign. I have mixed feelings about the
1: campaign. Okay. I do. I have very mixed feelings about it because I think and i have not heard enough i have not heard enough perspectives on it because i just have chosen not to care, I know me <laughs> so, to be me honest so. with you but i have not listened to enough perspectives on it to know exactly where i land um but i can tell you the perception that i'm picking up on and we won't camp here too long but the perception that i'm picking up on is that for those of you who don't know there was a whole campaign of commercials during the super bowl um called the he gets us campaign and it was it was basically he being jesus gets us and it was all these commercials that ran during the super bowl and the perception from non-christians is that this is the equivalent of saying thoughts and prayers because what they did was they funneled tons of money into a commercial campaign mm-hmm. instead of actually doing something and living like Jesus and helping and feeding the poor. I'm not saying that's, this is yes. where I land. But what I am saying is that is the perception that I keep seeing over and over from people
0: outside yes. of faith spaces. Yeah. And, and I'm I saying get it. people inside of faith spaces shooting it down and I'm just going, okay. Cause I think it should be both hands, right? Like I think in, in my mind, again, not camping here too long, but the church and I say the church, like big like the, the big city church, church. you yeah. know not one particular church, but like a combination of many different churches and not all churches, but in the last several years, has created um, some dissension among people, right of just going like, oh, where's the Jesus in that? Like just a lot of mm-hmm. hatred, a lot of right, wrong fighting, polarization, all of those things. And so, um, so I was like, oh, this is an attempt to show like this is Jesus. It's not the church. It's not religion. It's not whatever. But this is Jesus. And he actually is so yeah. talking about loving kindness, right? Like all of those things. And so I just I yeah. Sorry. So I that went I went down a rabbit hole too no, to that's say okay. that sometimes I'm like like we dig our heels in and it's not even necessary. Like to I don't know. Right. Yeah. No. And I'm glad that we're talking about it because it is a current it is a current event kind of yeah. thing in
1: a topic of conversation. But yeah, it's I mean, in an ideal world, uh, we as Christians would not have so wrecked the name of Jesus that he needs a commercial campaign. Right. So there's that. Oh, for sure. I mean, so there's that. 100%. Anyway, Yeah. moving on. So yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so let's talk about the different kinds of meditations. I love this idea. So um, somebody described meditation said, think of the word meditation like you think of the word sports. There are many different sports to play that's, that are all yeah. sports, right. right. And so meditation is like that, and that's the most you'll ever hear me talk about sports the end because uh, we are not those people. Um, so there's many different kinds of meditation now, there is there are the types like transcendental meditation mm-hmm. that you um you know talked about and. What's so interesting is even when I read and learn about Transcendental Meditation, as I did preparing for this, Mm -hmm. um, none of them talked about levitation. I'm just going to throw that out there. Oh, really? Not one source talked about levitation. Missed out. What they did talk about, though, was, and this would be, in my opinion, a less woo-woo version of Transcendental Meditation. Um, What it really is, is trying to create a state of inner peace. Through the repetition of a mantra. Mm -hmm. So, a word, a mantra, but you're trying to take yourself to a different state of being, that state of being peace and tranquility, Mm -hmm. which I mean, who doesn't want that? Right. And there's certainly nothing woo woo about that, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, transcendental is definitely one of them. There's so many. Like, we're going to name a couple, but there's so many. Body scan meditation. This is one of my favorite
0: things to do. Yeah, me too, especially when I'm trying to go to sleep at night.
1: Yes. Body scan meditation is just very simply getting quiet, starting with noticing your breath. Mm -hmm. And then what you're going to do is very slowly go through and scan your body from the top of your head to the bottom of your toes and notice any sensations that are there. What does it feel like? How comfortable is it right now? You know, whatever. Yeah. What am I feeling? And just any notice any it. Cane. Yeah. Every time I get to my face, oh my gosh. Every time I'm like, okay, relax your eyebrows oh. and your forehead. Let your jaw drop. Because I tend to not do that apparently. And so I oh. love that. Yeah. You can notice you're holding tension in your hands or your yeah. legs or, or whatever. And it, you just kind of go through your entire body very slowly, yep. body part by body part and relax it I love a body scan meditation yeah Yeah, I love that there's the walking meditation which I've talked about a whole lot um, with mindfulness walks and things like that Mm -hmm. where again you're out hopefully out in nature Mm -hmm. and you're paying attention very deliberate intentional attention Mm -hmm. to the sensations you are feeling whether in your body or in the environment around you yes. whether it's sounds touch smell all of the above yeah
0: um and that is also a form of meditation i did that yesterday i went to gring's mill and after my walk i went by myself and i walked to the edge of the top mm-hmm. creek and i sat down did a little squat and sat there for a little while and i just listened the sound of the ripples Mm, in the water i watched that happen i listened for the birds the leaves right the wind was blowing the leaves you could hear that a little bit people talking in the background and i was just like focused on being present really like when it comes down to it that's what we're saying training the mind to be present in this moment right now because really this is all we have yes it really actually is. And so that was a big part of my intention yesterday of just, I almost, i walked three miles and I was like, yes, I did what I came here to do. Get in my car. I got in my car and started to drive away. And I was like, no, 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 go and be, yeah, be still. Right. And, yeah. um, and it was beautiful. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah.
1: I, anytime I do a walking meditation, it is overwhelmingly peaceful mm-hmm. and amazing. Yeah every time without fail.
0: Because like you just said, over 90% of the things that we do
1: are 95.
0: automatic. 95% of the things we do are automatic. We're not even thinking about them. We're no. not present. No, We're just doing not it. At all. It's almost like the survival part of our brain is, is, is working and we're not present. Right. And it's so fascinating too, because
1: I think about like in the evening when I'm done at night, like I'm just done. Mm-hmm. What am I doing? I'm laying on the couch. I've got something on in the TV, and I'm scrolling with my phone in the other hand. Mm. Uh, most of the time, I have my phone. Sometimes I put it down, mm. but it's like I'm not even thinking about doing that. Mm. Right. I'm not even thinking about it. Right. I just do it. My right. brain, that pathway has been formed. Mm. It's not serving me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not serving me. Yeah. So yeah, I I totally agree with you. Um, mindful eating is another kind of oh, meditation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love this. I watched a video during class um, that was on mindful eating and it was fascinating. But again, it's that it whole idea of being present. Yep. Being Tasting present. your food. Tasting your food. Smelling. Noticing it. the atmosphere that you're in. Yeah. Smelling it. Noticing the textures,
0: the crunch, the softness. Thinking the, about where it came from. Who grew this? All of Who it. Harvested. harvested harvested, harvested. It is. yeah harvested yeah it. I mean think about that when's the last time you actually did that yeah you and instead we just wolf it down yeah wolf it down it's just like again survival like well I have to eat so I'm gonna do this but even when you I, I find this like I've when you just said that I was like oh my gosh I've gotten away from this because I was doing that for a while like yeah. really really being mindful and before even taking a bite really looking at each ingredient and thinking about where it came from and like the hands that it took to get this on my table because then it's gratitude too right like it, which elevates every your mood, your, taste, yeah. your all of those things yeah. yeah there's actually a mindful eating um course or i don't know what you would call it on the Calm app. oh is there... that is really good i haven't explored mm-hmm. that there's mindfulness cool. walking um, yes i do things. i use that one a lot yeah, yeah. i love that okay cool
1: And then there is my personal favorite the loving kindness meditation, Yes. let me tell you something, the first time I did a loving kindness meditation was part of our class. Mm -hmm. And my class was all done online because it was during the pandemic yeah and I will never forget it, because when we started it, I thought this is a little hokey this is woo woo this is a little hokey I don't even know that I thought woo woo I think I just thought hokey Mm, and I don't do hokey (laughs) I don't love hokey yeah um and by the time we were done with it and I want to say it was like a 15 minute meditation and we all did it at the same time yeah I
0: not even before
1: it was before we were done we were halfway through I had to turn my camera off I
0: was sobbing. Yeah. I remember sobbing. You telling me that. I, I remember believe it. driving in the car with you shortly after that. We were going to, um, we stayed at that little bed and breakfast. Oh, yeah. It, in New York. No, uh, it was here no, in Pennsylvania. In New York. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember driving in the car with you it was so weird because I was like, I, I hope you talk about this today. And if you weren't going to, I was going to bring it up because I remember how deeply impacted you were by that. You couldn't talk to me about it. You couldn't get the words out to describe the experience of that loving kindness meditation without getting choked up. Yes. I think you were just like, I can't, I can't even talk about this right now. And I was like, wow. So talk about that. What was it? Well, just let's describe what a loving kindness meditation is because it's beautiful. It is. And it's, it's so simple. Like I don't,
1: there's part of me that still just does not understand why it's so powerful mm-hmm. because it's so simple but in a loving kindness meditation you are again you are sitting quietly you are starting with the breath and then usually this is done as like a guided meditation and there's tons of them that you can listen to online you just google it and there's tons that yes. you could do um, and they're all basically the same but but some of them have you start with thinking of somebody that you care about deeply um so somebody that when you think about them a smile immediately comes to your face like you don't have complicated feelings toward this person yeah this is easy this is how you start and you say in your mind over and over some variation of may they feel loved may they feel peace may they feel happy may they feel healthy and may they live with ease And you sit with it for a second, and while you're keeping this person in your focus, you start again. May they feel loved, may they feel peace, may they feel happy, may they feel healthy, may they live with ease. Mm. And you do this for like 15 minutes, and that's all it is. Mm. It is so stinking powerful. I don't know how to explain it, but I was overwhelmed by it when we did it and i i wonder you know i'm trying to like analyze why (laughs) but i think i think we spend so little time actually sitting in our affection for other people Mm -hmm. like we Mm -hmm. i think we take it for granted we know that it's there and it's Often, not all the times, but often unintentional, like it's kind of autopilot. Oh my gosh, I love them. So, of course, blah, blah, blah. But when you really sit in it Mm -hmm. and you're deliberate about it, it opens up something in you Mm -hmm. that expands your capacity to give and receive love. Yeah. And it can be overwhelming, absolutely overwhelming. And other forms of loving kindness, you are first directing that towards yourself, which I absolutely love um, because I don't think we do that enough either. Right. I had done another version of loving kindness meditation, not all that long ago in a class I was in and it was a group one. And this was a little bit more extended and we centered it on ourselves, but then it was also like, I need you to imagine yourself surrounded by the people who love you the deepest, the Mm -hmm. people that you feel loved by. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I'm going to say this, it's not whether you love the person, it's whether they feel loved by you. Mm -hmm. That's important. Mm -hmm. Um, And imagine them saying these words to you. And there was more to it than that. I don't remember what else, but it really was not complicated. And that was overwhelming. I mean, everybody, was crying Mm. that was doing it at the same
0: time. It was, it was absolutely incredible. It's so beautiful. And Mike Foster, I don't know if you follow him. I know you do, but, um, if you don't follow Mike Foster on Instagram, do it, but he has some, he has a podcast and, um, he had some, um, guided meditations on his, he has some on his podcast and they're like 10 minutes, I think. And one of them, he actually has you picture yourself and you're walking, it's like a a spring day and you're on a field and you're walking through this field and there's just picture the flowers everywhere and there's a stream that's flowing beside you and trees and it's beautiful. and, um, And then you look ahead and there's this table sitting there and there's two chairs at the table. And so he invites you to go and sit in one of the chairs and it's beautiful there's tea and there's flowers and it's just like right and then there's an empty seat and then he invites you to invite somebody the person that you know loves you the most or whatever and sit with you and i mean it is it is so beautiful because again it's loving kindness it's being present it's being right right like just yeah it's being here it's being here now it's it's experiencing that loving kindness and extending that loving kindness Yes. I would say one step further, um, I did something very similar. It was a loving-kindness meditation, but you picture, you focus on somebody that is difficult. Yes, I've done that too. Somebody and that's, that's hard to powerful love. Powerful also. Somebody that gets on your last nerve and you extend those yes. things. May you be happy, maybe, may you be loved, may you have peace, may you be healthy, right? Yeah. Like all of those things you extend to that person. That's a great exercise in just helping to shift. The way you see that person and then interact with that person, so that you can be kinder yeah. and more loving, yeah. even though they're not. Yeah, right. I think.
1: Yeah, I think that's so. I think that's so vital. I also think that that's not where we should start. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would not like if you've never done a loving kindness meditation before. I would not start focusing focusing on somebody who's difficult for the first time. No, absolutely not. And what's so interesting, like I'm thinking about this, I don't even know that I would start, I would recommend starting thinking about yourself because oftentimes that's the hardest Mm -hmm. to do. And so if you've never done a loving kindness meditation before, I would recommend start with somebody that's easy to love, that you love deeply and then direct it towards yourself. And then as you grow in that, because again, you're, you're creating neural pathways, right? But imagine like with this, you're creating neural pathways that are directing you to be more loving. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. That's huge. Yeah. And so I need those dug a little bit before I start trying to dig them that's with funny. people I don't care for. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no,
1: it's true. But I think it's so vital because again, when, When we can be compassionate and loving toward ourselves, we we then can share that. We can't share what we don't have. So we then can share that to others. And I I absolutely love it. And I I cannot recommend it enough.
0: Well, before you move on to another, I don't know if you have another. No, I don't.
1: Those are, I mean, there's
0: tons more, but. I think the first time I experienced and learned about meditation, um, in the church was when, or regarding like the Christian faith was, uh, Lectio Divina. Mm -hmm. And, and, and honestly, the first time I heard about Lectio Divina, I was like, what is that? That sounds woo woo, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what is it all about? But, um, it's a, it's a, it's a way to read scripture, to read Bible verses in a way that encompasses, um, not just reading, but it's the contemplative piece of things, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just the head knowledge. It's the contemplative um, practice, but there's like four different components to it. The Lectio is the reading of the verse. Then it's meditating on the verse. Then it's praying about the verse. And then it's contemplating the verse and kind of like, okay, God, what do you want me to do as a result of reading this and hearing this? and, um, And so it was like, oh my gosh, that's been around since the third forever. Yeah. Yeah. Like for 1700, 1800, 1900 years, 1900 years. Right. Like it's been around forever and such an incredible practice on. And again, it's that contemplative. It's more of the Eastern versus Western. Sure. Contemplative versus head knowledge, doctrine, beliefs like it. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to read something that I read about that and I'm trying to find it right now. But
1: yeah, I thought it was really interesting that we have a tendency to associate Eastern religions with meditation. However, Mm -hmm. meditation, if you do some digging and you look at the history, it shows up in every single religious practice from the beginning of time. Like it really does. Christian included, all of them. So this is not just an Eastern religious thing and it doesn't need to be a religious thing at all. No, no and like we learned last week we don't need a practice to be religious to benefit from it mm-hmm. so it's
0: your choice right with what to do with it right i was just looking this is early um uh, i read an article said early early eastern christianity set the foundation and ground for what we would now call contemplation the term hesychasm. i'm not sure if i'm saying that correct means resting in god resting in god applies to this primary concern in the Eastern church. Um, and then it said, it's the desert tradition preceded the emergence of systematic theology and the formalization of doctrine. Faith was first a lifestyle before it was a belief system. Well now. And I'm like, oh, and then it says, all streams of the great tradition have something to teach us. We exclude or neglect them to our own detriment. By reclaiming the many divergent roots of our faith tradition, we come closer to experiencing the wholeness and union that God surely desires for us and offers to us. I'm like that, that is what I have been experiencing for several years now. I'm getting to these ancient mm-hmm. spiritual practices of the early of our, of our Christian faith and learning to do something that feels so counterintuitive because we're all about hurry drive product producing and doing all the things but being still calming Mm -hmm. calmly abiding like that's not that goes against the way that we it's our natural oh my gosh totally
1: goes against the way that we live and again
0: but but again
1: that's the beauty of meditation it's not automatic it's intentional yeah you are putting your um intentional brain in the driver's seat yep. as opposed to going on autopilot and i absolutely love that and so yeah so you've been using meditation as a as a spiritual connector for you mm-hmm. i personally have not mm-hmm. i've been just using it as um as relaxation and a way to feel grounded and connected mm-hmm. in general yep. and to the people around me and so there's many different ways many different ways to use it, and I love that. Here's what I love probably more than anything, because I don't know why I get like this, like it's like validation or something, but the Mayo Clinic has done a lot of research on meditation and they came up with a whole list of like emotional and physical benefits of meditation. This is from the Mayo Clinic and it's things like gaining a new perspective on stressful situations, building skills to manage your stress, Increasing self-awareness, focusing on the present, reducing negative emotions, um, increasing patience, tolerance, imaginations, creativity, lowering your resting heart rate. Mm, Love that. Yeah. Lowering resting blood pressure and improving sleep quality. Not only that, but it does go into the things like being able to better manage your pain mm-hmm. because, again, you're, you're not fighting it. Yes. The fighting it, I think, is what causes our suffering. Oh, my gosh. You're accepting it. And you're saying, okay, pain, I see you.
0: You're here. Yep. That's it. It reminds me of childbirth. Working with, um, like, a midwife when you're in labor. Was, when I was in labor was so different from my first experience. Having Jason in the hospital, sterile environment, all the things. Having a midwife, like, one of the things they teach you is to just breathe through the pain. And to accept the pain, this is part of the process, right? That the pain, it's not bad. There we go. Right. It's going to, it's going to get the baby out. Right. Yeah. But I remember just like that whole body scan thing. The midwife, like she would look at my face and she would say, relax your eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Unclench your jaws, unclench your, your fists, right? Like I'm making a fist because that's that whole idea of when you resist when you dig in you make yourself more tense you you go against and resist the pain it's actually it gets worse as opposed to just yeah oh like yeah it makes it going worse. with it the stress
1: response in our body creates all kinds of problems mm-hmm. including a lot of our autoimmune issues yes i was gonna say inflammation inflammation mm-hmm. exactly and that's one of the biggest things they talk about too how If you have chronic conditions Mm -hmm. or autoimmune issues, meditation can be hugely beneficial because all of those things are entirely exacerbated by stress. And so when you can lower your stress levels, you can lower those cortisol levels, you know, all of that within your body, your conditions are going to improve. Do I think it's going to cure
0: it? Probably not. Right. But can it improve it?
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely,
0: a hundred percent. Definitely, definitely helps with pain management.
1: For yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's noticing it. I, you know, one of the things I talked about in class was <laughs> if you're meditating and something itches,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Because
1: inevitably, you start, you sit down, you're like, I'm going to focus, I'm going to meditate, and then you have like an itch on yes. your nose, right? What they recommend is you try first scratching that itch in your mind. Mm-hmm before you make any physical adjustments to any kind of discomfort, whether it's an itch or just whatever, yeah. um, but noticing it like, oh, my nose itches. Yeah. How fascinating. And see if it passes. Yeah, breathe, take a few. Yeah, yep. it doesn't always, okay. but it's an interesting practice. It is. Because yeah. again, autopilot says scratch your nose, Yeah. right? But we wanna train our brains and allow them to grow. And learn more ways
0: to handle things. And so this
1: is a great practice to do that. It
0: really is. Yeah, it is. And if nothing else, I mean, just starting with just sitting once in a while and taking a pause throughout the day, right? To just take a few cleansing breaths. Yes. Right. To breathe in through your nose, out through your nose yes. on the count of four. Right. And just that, that's like a simple way so simple time out like you don't have to start oh gosh an hour of meditation oh gosh, right no. now. but like even if you just took two minutes a couple of times throughout your day to just pause yeah and breathe yeah and to focus on the breath like feeling the breath come in right like mm-hmm. I focus it on you my notice, nose
1: well you notice wherever you feel it the most so some people notice in their nose
0: I do too mm-hmm. some people
1: notice it in their, their lungs some, yep. yeah
0: yeah yeah but but just noticing it and focusing on that to just like that is so so good and it's well and that is what mindfulness meditation is right mindfulness
1: meditation is another type of meditation where you are just focusing on the breath yeah
0: that's it. And it's simple. It's a great way. It's a great way to begin. And even as I like think about how helping people with anxiety or panic attacks, right? Like one of the most effective ways to do that is to just get them to be still, right? To mm-hmm. sit for a minute and to you can close your eyes, take a few deep breaths and then think about and then open your eyes and Think of five things it's a five four three two one yeah. technique yeah. right and a lot of people don't know about this so i thought this is worth oh, talking about okay. this yeah. since, um you know a lot a lot of people struggle with anxiety and panic attacks and so um so when you find yourself in that moment you know just open your hands set them on your lap open open up mm-hmm. open handed right? yeah palms facing up and then take a deep breath and what are five things that you see Right. So right now I see a lamp. I see a computer. I see Selena. I see a tree outside of the window. I see a certificate on the wall. Five things that I see. Four things that I hear. Mm-hmm. I hear the dog. I hear the little like the the diffuser, you know, going off. Um, three things that I can touch. Yeah. Right. Um, and I'm probably mixing these up. but
1: No, I think that's it. Two things. Two things,
0: things that I um
1: Mm, what are our senses one thing that i
0: one thing that i taste. one thing that i taste two things that i oh my gosh what's what's
1: one we did sight eyes ears nose mouth touch, touch. that's
0: my senses? You know? did we do it well do think I, whatever we're terrible you get it look yep, it up you it's get it five four three two one exercise <laughs> for anxiety but i'm i'm so serious when i tell you this it is so incredibly helpful i've used it myself when i'm feeling like that true overwhelm or like yes it's just do
1: you know what's happening
0: when you're doing that
1: so you are getting out of your core brain that fight or flight brain in the middle of your brain small brain that's in the middle of your brain um you are getting out of that and you are engaging your prefrontal cortex Mm -hmm. and different hemispheres of your brain Mm -hmm. so you are Deliberately lighting up different areas of the brain than what's
0: already lit in, lit up in panic. Yeah, it forces it out, and it's and engaging it's amazing. all the different parts of your yes. brain, and and helping your. It's grounding mm. you. It's helping you, like, exactly oh, okay, I'm here right now. I'm safe. I'm okay, right? And it just right it because again, makes a huge difference.
1: Your brain doesn't know the difference,
0: right, between whether
1: it's something something is actually happening mm-hmm. or you're remembering something mm. or worried about something mm-hmm. happening doesn't know the difference. So these are things we can do to get out of that space. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. so good. So, so okay.
0: Great resources. Let's, let's share. My favorite
1: resource for meditation is the calm app. Mm-hmm. Um, it is $70 a year subscription, which I know is a little bit much for an app, but there's so much
0: on That's it. The family one.
1: No, ma'am. No, what?
0: it's an individual. I used to pay thirty for the individual, and then I paid I just look ninety today. for. Oh wow, really? It's sixty nine ninety
1: nine for a year. I got the. You can pay. Paid. They did recently change it because now they offer a uh, lifetime access. is four hundred dollars one time fee. Oh, like oh, that's a lot. Yeah. Ouch. But yeah, sixty nine ninety nine for a year subscription to the call map. They have everything you could oh my imagine gosh. on that and we've
0: talked about that at times stories yeah like there's yeah. so many different things i love that
1: um mindful.org mm-hmm. i believe it is mindful.org um amazing website with resources they even put out uh like a magazine six times a year um that is filled with all kinds of amazing things so those are probably two of my favorite resources for for meditation? How about you?
0: Calm is my absolute favorite. I don't, I can't imagine my life without it. Jim loves it as well. Um, I, I lectio 365 app and listen to it every single day. I used to listen to the abide app. Um, but I've gotten away from that and I just really, really like the lectio 365 app. Um, yeah, a book I just read is called how to meditate, um, by Pima Chodron yeah and that is uh, it's like super basic and foundational and i liked it you didn't love it i didn't love it yeah you.
1: i think it's because it. i was expecting something else from it mm-hmm. okay but no i didn't love that book it's but fun. it's not a long read at all no so no. that's nice yeah but there's so many one. resources online yes. like if you google 10-minute loving kindness meditation you're gonna have dozens of audio files that you can use to listen to 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 do that so yeah. Yeah, the internet is your friend with this one for sure.
0: I'm going to try to find that mind, the loving kindness meditation by Mike Foster and put mm. that in the show put notes. that in the show notes. That would be yeah. cool. So okay. I'll put some of these things in the show notes, guys. Very good. So okay, so wrapping up. Yes. Meditation for you woo woo or woo hoo? Definitely. I mean, used to be woo woo mm-hmm. when I was 15. Um, but definitely woo hoo. Yeah, for sure. Life yeah. changing. Life changing. Yep. Yeah.
1: Me too. Totally woohoo. Definitely worth incorporating into your daily life. Um, And I cannot, I cannot overstate how powerful and effective it has been in bringing peace and love and things like that into my own
0: being that I can then share with the world. Yeah. Yep. Amazing. Yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. All All right. right. Next week. What are we talking about?
1: What I'm talking we're talking about, about, about and manifesting and force. Force, which kind of go together so yeah. we're going to talk about whether we think that's a bunch of woo-woo mm-hmm. or, or woo-hoo. woo-hoo i don't know well the see. jury's still out it we'll it let you know for sure.
0: see you guys Bye.